world had some amazing mums, and I want to tell you about some. Number one, the youngest mother. Her name was um, Lena Medina. She was five years old. Five years and seven months. In 1939, she delivered a six-and-a-half-pound boy by cesarean. Yep. In 2008, the oldest recorded mother to give birth was 70 years old. Oh, what joy. She had twins. <laughs> Those children are eight years old now, but the mother has passed away. The highest officially recorded number of children born to one mother is 69 children. Oh, what joy. Between the years... Um, uh, between the years 1725 and 1765, that's 40 years, before any fertility drugs, in a total of 27 confinements, she gave birth to 16 pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quadruplets. 67 of them survived in infancy. So she raised 67 children. And you know what? That was before fertility drugs. That could still happen today to somebody except it won't, because the average woman in the 17th century gave birth to 13 children. Tonight, today, the number is 1.5. Okay, this morning I want to talk to you about one of the most amazing mothers the world has ever known, and that's Mary, the mother of Jesus. What sort of a young woman was she that the God of all the universe trusted her to raise his son? I think that's worth looking at this morning. I'm going to talk to you about the four C's in Mary's life. Commitment, confidence, courage, and celebration. The Bible reveals to us the sort of woman she was. She was a mother with commitment to God, her faith, and her family. She said yes to God, even when he asked tough things of her. It took enormous commitment to do what God asked of her to carry the Son of God in a time when the law said she could be stoned for being pregnant outside of marriage. But God had chosen her to do something outside the boundary of normal. And she had said yes. And that's a mark of Christians today. God constantly asks us to do things outside the boundary of normal. We, she chose to be a risk taker for God. Such was her commitment to him. We catch a glimpse of what God thinks of risk takers in the parable of the talents. Remember in Matthew 25 when Jesus talked about the three men who had each been given some money by the master to invest? Two of the men doubled their money. But remember there was the third one. He was so fearful, he just buried the money in the ground. And when the master returned, he was pleased with the, with the men who had increased their money, but he was angry with the third man who wouldn't take any risk. Do you remember he said, oh, oh, I was too scared. I was too scared of you. And so he didn't take any risk. And the master said, the least you could have done was put it in the bank so I would earn interest. And this tells me that God wants his committed people to be risk takers, and that's what Mary was. The world has... I'm losing my pages. I'm working out which way to go. I'll go this way. Where would Christianity be today if it wasn't for risk takers? Like the Apostle Paul. He was whipped five times. He was beaten, he was stoned. But you know what? I hadn't really realised this. He was shipwrecked three times. 
Now, you know, like we've all read about the first time in Acts, and then there was the second time. Don't you think the second time would be enough to say, I'm not getting on a boat again? Hey, two shipwrecks would be enough for me. And when the third time came, do you think he just sort of stood on the deck and said, God, what's going on? Three times shipwrecked. But isn't that what it's like in our life? That is life. That's what happens, and God let him go through it. Shipwrecked three times, but he was a risk taker. Martin Luther, the great reformer of the 1400s, who was branded a heretic by the Catholic Church for preaching salvation by faith. It was a, a, a new concept. He was a risk taker. Hudson Taylor, in the 1800s, took the Gospels to China. He's credited with being the second only to the Apostle Paul for reaching the people groups. William Wilberforce saw slavery abolished in 1833, and I could go on and on and on about these amazing risk takers to God, but I want to come closer to home. I want to talk about some of the wonderful risk takers in this church, people totally committed to God, and I'm going to name some of our mums this morning because it's Mother's Day. Susie Overall, responsible for increasing religious education into our local schools and increasing an environment for training and mentoring of teachers. Now, this is an out-of-the-normal thing that God has asked um, Susie to do. And you know what? I want to make this point. We've never quite said this from this platform. It isn't easy for Susie. She is scared spitless at times. I said spitless <laughs> at times. She is a real risk-taker. And then we have others. We have Tracy Donald and Ange Cotto and Mary Giles and there are others in this church who did mission work and raised their families in different cultures. They're risk takers. But I love this one. I love Nairi Swan. I saw her over there before. She's somewhere over there, I think. Can't quite see now. I might be gone. But Nairi, she's one of our doctors. She goes, we've got four doctors, by the way. Did you know that in this church? She goes to Papua New Guinea at her own expense, and if any of you have read any of Nari's blogs, um, you'll know what an important thing she's doing. It's amazing what she's doing in Papua New Guinea. But I want to tell you a cute little story about Nari. She's um, been away, she was away a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, and uh, her family were to keep the little boys at home with dad, and they go to the airport and pick up mummy, and they're driving home in the car, and most of you know, will know little Noah, the youngest one, and Noah leans across in the back of the car and says, mummy, my name is Noah, <laughs> just in case she forgot. I love it. She's got, get on, be Nairi's Facebook friend. She's, she's going to one day write the exploits of Sam and Noah. Amazing. Every time a Christian who was committed to God steps out and does something out of their comfort zone, they are risk takers. You are risk takers. We're risk takers each week when we put our tithe in the offering. We're believing that God can meet us. And he does. He always does. We're risk takers when we share our faith. We're risk takers when we um, give money to, the, to, to somebody who needs it. We also know that Mary was committed to family. She travelled 80 miles, most likely on a donkey, while she was pregnant to spend time with her cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant. They probably visited each other over the years. And it's likely that Jesus and his cousin John, who was John the Baptist, played together as boys. Mary was committed to making sure Jesus grew up understanding the Jewish faith. Passing their faith on to their children was a high priority to, to Jewish mothers. The children were to be taught the commandments 
the meaning and purpose behind the great feasts and the customs associated with them. And they learned scriptures and psalms off by heart. And this was Mary's mandate, to make sure this small boy learnt the word of God and had it implanted deeply in his heart. And it's the mandate of every Christian parent today. We know Mary was successful because Jesus referred to or quoted 64 scripture verses from the Old Testament. I went through, I found every one of them. Thank you, Mr. Google. They're the ones that Jesus quoted. He must have known reams of scripture off by heart. I love the thought of Jesus as a small boy sitting at a wooden table in his home in Nazareth. His mother is cooking the evening meal, but she is also listening as Jesus recites the Psalms and other important scriptures. They would have even sung some of the Psalms together. Jesus had such an inquiring mind that as he got older, he would have gone to his parents with questions and I imagine long conversations took place about spiritual matters. I hope that happens in your home. It certainly happened in our home. However, I think the only scripture that Philip and I managed to teach our children off by heart was Colossians 3.20. Children, obey your parents in everything. <laughs> For this pleases the Lord. And it pleased Philip and I too. I think we called it desperation parenting. But I wish that we had poured more scripture into their hearts to help them walk through this journey of life. But you know what's wonderful for all of us? It's never too late to memorize scripture. Jesus was raised by a woman who understood commitment. This was a vital ingredient in his upbringing. We need to understand as mothers that our children need to see how important commitment is. Commitment to family, to attending church, we heard that this morning, to honouring friends. When I was a child, parents still had a commitment to sending their children to Sunday school. Today, in this society, this commitment no longer exists. I've met children who didn't even know who Jesus Christ was. So if this morning, a little bit of a challenge, if you're committed to God, and if you want to be a risk taker, see Susie afterwards and join the RI team. You really will be taking a risk. Mary was a mother with confidence. As she watched Jesus growing up, she knew he had a big, big heart and was full of compassion. I imagine all sorts of things took place in the family home. Can you imagine having Jesus as a big brother? Jesus had four brothers. He had James, Joseph, Simon and Judas. Not, the Ju not Judas Iscariot, as well as having sisters. So let's imagine together and please give me license. This is my imagination, but it could have happened as Mary was very aware of what Jesus could do. So James falls out of a tree and he breaks his leg in three places, his arm in a couple of places as well. They call Jesus. Jesus comes in, lays hands on him, prays for him, and it's healed could have happened. Mary is cooking in the kitchen and she runs out of flour. Jesus, I need you to go down to the shop. No need for that, mum. Jesus prays over the flour and it's full. The pot is full. See, he did this with the loaves and fishes and he had to practice somewhere, didn't he? <laughs> and absolutely for sure, every time Jesus went fishing, he came home with a bucket full of fish. Mary knew her boy could do amazing things and she had confidence in him. 
That's why when they attended a wedding and the wine ran out, she turned to him. It's very possible that Mary had some responsibility for the organisation of this wedding and that it was the wedding of a relative or a family friend. Weddings went for seven days with food and wine being provided. If the wine ran out, it was considered a shame and the family name was dishonoured and the wine was running out at this wedding. And Mary turned to Jesus for help. He said to her in John 2, my time is not yet. But you see, she knew how big his compassionate heart was. And she said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And I bet she did it with that mother look. You know that look? That mothers, only mothers have the look. And 13-year-old boys have a look too, but that's another, that's another story. I've often wondered why Jesus did this miracle because he said his time was not yet. And my conclusion is that he did it from this great big heart of compassion for the family of the wedding and for his mother because she had absolute faith in him. And when we have faith, God acts on our behalf. And of course, we know that Jesus turned those great barrels of water into the best wine. So mothers here this morning, you are the best people to instill confidence in your children. You watch them, you know where they shine. If your child is terrible at singing, you aren't going to encourage them to, to, to go and make fools of themselves, but if they shine at singing, you can, you'll do all you can for them. Today on Mother's Day, I want to give credit to the wonderful mother of our son-in-law, Matthew Jones. Wendy passed away a few years ago, but she was an amazing mum who had full confidence in her three boys and she encouraged them to believe in themselves. Wendy didn't need to work. Des provided really, really well for his family. But Wendy's confidence in her, all three of her sons' amazing academic ability was so high that she chose to work part-time so those boys could have private schooling. She wanted them to have the best opportunity. Matt got his engineering degree with honours and then later his master. master's. Second son, Dave, started as a mechanic, but he wasn't happy. Changed to being an electrician. I think he even got his ticket, still wasn't happy. So he did his teaching degree and is now a high school teacher at Manual Arts, so it all fitted together for him. But it takes a lot of confidence to change careers like that. The youngest son, Stephen, has an engineering degree with his master's, which he got in America. A few years ago, Matt decided to do further study and change his engineering degree with honours and a master's for medicine. And this year, he finishes his res residency, and I, your mum would be so proud of you, Matt. I believe Wendy and Des instilled confidence into their boys to believe in their own ability and to have the courage to make these major changes in their lives. There's been research done with teachers in schools and the teachers who um, were trained specially to instill confidence and belief in the children, the grades and marks in their classrooms rose dramatically. Having confidence in your child is one of the greatest gifts you can give them. Watch your children, see what they're good at and encourage them. Mary was a mother with courage. Mary knew there were hard times ahead for Jesus. It had been prophesied that because of him a sword would pierce her own soul. When Jesus was on the cross, she was there in his hardest time. Where else would she be, this woman who once checked him for fevers, nursed his cut fingers and washed his clothes? 
She was so close to the cross, she was able to hear what he said to her. Dying on that cross, he took time to be concerned for his mother when he asked the disciple John to care for her. As a mum myself, this really speaks to me. There's no denying that when you love a child, you open yourself up to pain and you need to have courage. When my daughter had her first child, her back was damaged and she had agonising pain for months. It was terrible to watch. But she still went back and had another baby. And then a couple of years ago, she went through experiencing the discovery of a growth in Josiah's stomach. But fortunately, it was able to be removed. But that was a hard few weeks. Carl's already stolen my thunder, though. She took the prize just this last week. Many of you know we've been on a family cruise. And while we were at Mystery Island, we went to Mystery Island, which, by the way, is a real island. Carl thought it was an island that the cruise company kept in reserve to surprise us with. You know, Mystery, mystery Island. <laughs> but it's a real island. And while we were there, um, Carl and Jess and Betsy and Matt took their kids snorkelling. Now, their children, they'd been assured these were safe beaches and their children are, were ex are experienced snorkelers and it was all fine. And um, three of the children went out snorkelling and their parents stayed in the water with the other two. And suddenly they sort of realised the current was stronger than it should be. So they checked the other three and they couldn't see them in the water. Because you know what it's like when you're looking out on water and the sun is glaring and everybody's got their heads down with just the little snorkel things and you can't tell who's who or what's happening out there. So can you imagine the panic that... Um, Matthew and Carl felt because these people were a long way from the shore. The current was strong and taking the snorkelers out. And so the boys are into the water and the girls are panicked. They're up and down on the beach. They're running. Betsy's running. She runs on a rock. She slips. She falls. She dislocates her shoulder and she breaks her arm. So what happens then is um, Jess... Jess is running about. Now, by now, Jess has established that Matt has the kids, but she can only see two children, and she thinks one is still missing, and she actually thinks it's one of hers. And because Matt is waving, he's trying to say, it's okay, I've got them, but he's waving, so she thinks he, she's got to find a boat, he's in trouble. So she's running to find a boat, and she turns, and she sees Betsy. Betsy's fallen down. Betsy says, I'm okay, I'm okay, just get the kids, just get the children. That's what mothers do don't they? Mothers are courageous. They're amazing. I see so many mothers in this church with amazing courage. Mums who walk with their children through learning disorders, disabilities, parenting difficulties, sickness, and yet there's no walking away. No saying, I didn't sign up for this, even though you want to sometimes. You take a deep breath and you fight for your child the best way you can, with courage. Mary was courageous as she stood with Jesus in his dying moments. She was there at the cross. But you know what? I don't think the cross surprised her. I wonder, as Mary taught and discussed the scriptures with Jesus as a young boy in their home, if they looked at the Old Testament scriptures together that foretold his death and realised what was ahead. I wonder what sort of conversations went on between them. And as a man, Jesus had told the disciples what was going to take place and I believe he would have made sure his mother understood what was going to happen. However, the Bible doesn't say that. But she was there with a broken heart 
watching the cruelty and unfairness of the cross. Personally, I think this may be one of the reasons that God chose her because he knew she would have the courage to stay when God himself would have to turn away from the sin, from our sin, that Jesus was carrying on his shoulders. It's a big thought, isn't it? Finally, Mary was a woman who celebrated. Can you imagine the joy Mary experienced when Jesus came back to life? I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us about when they met up or what was said, but can you just imagine the joy and the celebration? I can see her running to him, and I can see him scooping her up and twirling around with her, and I can hear them laughing. We did it, because they knew what was ahead. We did it, and it's finished, and it's done. It's over. The Bible tells us Mary was with the 120 believers who were in the upper room praising and worshipping God when the Holy Spirit fell on them. I believe that she celebrated his resurrection as long as she lived and death would definitely have had no fears for her. Philip and I were in Italy last year and we got to visit the area the disciples historically had taken her to live out her final days after the resurrection. Tradition says they took her into the country area so she could be away from the persecution and it was a beautiful place of real peace and serenity. Parents, this is something we need always to be aware of, celebrating our children. Mothers, you have the power to turn your family into one that celebrates the good things in life. A good place to do this is at the meal table. Even today, if your family is going together, be sure to take time to celebrate to celebrate together and to look at the uniqueness that each person brings to the gathering. I love this. Mary was so excited. When she went and visited um, Elizabeth, Mary actually wrote and sang a song when she was chosen by God. You can find it in Luke 1.46. In it, she celebrates who God is, his mercy and his miraculous power. In a few minutes, Tasha is going to sing that song Chorus. It's a beautiful song. So that is what the woman was like who raised Jesus Christ, the mother of Jesus. She was a woman of commitment, of confidence, of courage and celebration. But, mums, there is a little bit of hope for us because it's refreshing to realise that perhaps Mary did make mistakes. I mean, she lost Jesus once. Fronting up to God and telling him you lost his son. And he was missing for three days. You can read about that in Luke 2. So this morning I would like to pray. If you're a mum, this morning I want to pray for you. If you could stand, please, mums, in the room. Most special of people. What a great presentation the team have done for us this morning. Charlotte, I love seeing you standing. She thought she couldn't have any. Now she's got three. Lord Jesus, I just pray for these women. Oh, Lord, I just pray for your anointing and your power and your blessing over them. Lord, I pray that they would take these words that I've spoken today and they would remember that they're women of commitment, women who will teach their children, that they will remember that they're women of confidence, that they will pour confidence into their children. And Lord, I pray that they would be women of courage and of celebration. 
Jesus, I pray for that celebration to well up out of them as they contemplate and remember the good things you have done. So Lord, I pray for each one of them this very week for blessing. I pray that they would have an experience this week that they will turn around and say, that's God, God's done that for me. God has touched me, God has met with me this week. I pray that over them all in the name of Jesus Christ, the most precious name of